morning we're going to be in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. I want everybody to get a Bible. Uh, ushers, I need Bibles up here in the front. If you don't have Bibles, open your Bible. Never believe a preacher without a Bible. <laughs> open up your Bibles. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And I want to, we're in this spiritual warfare series. So Satan hits us, and then we hit him. Second, Tim, Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 2a. That ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled. That's it. That ye, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled. This morning I want to navigate through the mystery, the madness, and the mission. The mystery, the madness, and the, miss, and the mission. And a sub-theme would be when Satan begins to suffer. When Satan begins to suffer. Scripture depicts mysteries associated with God and man, which are always linked to God's purposes, plans, and his people. And these mysteries are both divine and yet descriptive of evil. By definition, a mystery, and in the Greek, New Testament is written in Greek, the word mystery is mysterion. A mystery is something which was, listen to this, previously hidden by God and yet has been or will be revealed. That when we begin to look at this matter of mysteries, Throughout God's word, there are multiple mysteries which help us to manifest the mind, motive, and the mission of an all-wise God. Just think, through 66 books, 39 Old Testament, 27 New, through 40 writers who were inspired uh, by the Holy Spirit to write exactly what God wanted them to write, over a period of 4,000 years or more, when you think about the fact that all along God had mysteries planted before the foundation of the world that would not be revealed till he released them. Man did not know, angels did not know, Satan did not know. And that's what make, that makes God God because he is incomprehensible, all wise, all knowing, and in this context, when we start looking at mysteries, there are quite a few mysteries in the Bible. First, there's the mystery in the book of Daniel, when Daniel was in prayer and asking God a question, well, what about my people, the Jews? What will be the end for my people? And God told Daniel, shut the book up. That's a mystery. Later on, God revealed it to the Apostle Paul. 
And when you begin to look at mysteries, there's the mystery of the incarnation, incarnate, in flesh, when Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, would, would, would take on human form and display for us that hypostatic union of 100% man and 100% God. And the mystery was that God the Father and God the Holy Spirit took him, God's Son, whose spirit, listen, he's spirit, he's everywhere at the same time, he's omnipresent, and the mystery was that God could take him who is everywhere, compress him into a seed, put him in a virgin's womb, while he still controlled the universe with the telepathic messages of his mind, because by him, all things are held together. That's, that's, that's a mystery. There's the mystery of glory. When Paul in 2 Corinthians 12 was, amen, translated in the spirit, into heaven and Paul says when I got there I saw things and I heard things that were inexplicable in fact I couldn't articulate them and then God the Father came along and told him don't listen don't reveal them don't repeat them and don't report them a mystery and then there's the mystery in Ephesians 3 about the church where both Jew and Gentile who believe in Jesus Christ as God's only begotten Son will be, listen, will come together in one body, breaking down all of the barriers and walls and petitions that existed. That's a mystery. There's a mystery in Revelation 2 and 3 of the seven churches of Asia Minor, and each church represents, listen to this, an age of time, but it also represents an attitude of temperature where our all-wise Sovereign Christ will judge the churches and either give them approval or disapproval. That's a mystery. But in this text, there is the mystery of iniquity. And this mystery of iniquity has been severely damaged by people who do not understand nor do they know the word of God. This mystery of iniquity is when Satan gives birth to his son, the Antichrist, the 666. He will empower him to carry out his agenda. The little horn of Daniel. Mm -hmm. uh, this boaster. This one who, a man, claims to be God. In Matthew 24 and in Revelation 6 and Daniel, amen, talks about the abomination of desolation. That when you begin prophetically to look at what these books have to say, that uh, Matthew 24 is not talking about the church. Matthew 24 is when Jesus was walking with the disciples. The disciples said, Lord, look at the temples. And he said, these temples won't last. They will all fall down. And they asked him a question, when will these things be? And Jesus begins to go on and explain this whole amen uh, instance of the abomination of desolation of Daniel. And here in 2 Thessalonians, and we'll come back to that because that is, in fact, in the text, 2 Thessalonians 2 is about counterfeits and, amen, listen to this, the church being confused. 
Paul is writing his second letter to the church at Thessalonica, and he differentiates something we need to understand. The Lord's day is Sunday, but the day of the Lord is doomsday. It's when Jesus will return to the earth, not to the sky, to the earth, amen, and deal with Satan and all evil and the Antichrist and the false prophet, and he will kill and throw them all in the lake of fire. It is confirmation that Satan is not in control, but God is. And God always was. There was never a war between God and Satan. The doctrine of dualism and systematic theology tells people that there's good and evil, there's God and Satan, and they're constantly fighting each other. There never was such an animal. Jesus told Satan, I saw you falling like lightning. You got booted out quick. There was never, amen, a war between God and Satan. Satan is called in Ephesians the prince of the power of the air. Very powerful. And wherever there's a prince, there's a king. Can I get a witness? And, 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 and so one of the things that we begin to see is that when we look at this text, there, there are, if you will, uh, some, amen, troubling spots. Let me stop, pause, and park and talk about trouble for the believer. Our trouble is never to trample us. Our difficulty is allowed by God, and it formulates a design. In other words, there's a design to all of our difficulty. And that design leads us to deliverance. Can I get a witness? See, child of God, if you know Jesus in the pardon of your sins, if you're saved, if you're blood washed and blood bought, your difficulty has limits to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Your difficulty, amen, will not last forever. Your difficulty, that's why the songwriter said, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. The Lord is my refuge and my strength, a very present help in the time of trouble. Though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters roll down, there is a stream. I wish I had a witness out here uh, that, that makes glad the city of God. That's why the songwriter said, blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. I'm an heir of salvation, purchased of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. You got to know that you know that you know. You got to know that you know. You can't come in here guessing. You can't come in here thinking. You can't come in here hoping. I know that my Redeemer liveth. I, I know. I, Lord have mercy. We know that all things are working together for the good. Can I get a witness? You got to know something. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Can I get a witness? When your family runs out, I'm right there. When your, when your marriage dissolves, I'm right there. When your money runs out, I'm right there. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? When the enemy 
I'm preaching now, comes in like a flood and he will come in. The Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. No weapon. You ain't getting this. Isaiah 54, he didn't say no weapon will hit you. He said no weapon formed. In the forming stage, the Holy Ghost cuts it down. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Paul, 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 Paul identifies five critical components of this evil day which, which, in which the church is not to be shaken or troubled. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, you need not be shaken or troubled about anything. Shaken or troubled. Let me say that again. Shaken or troubled. Somebody came in here shaking this morning. Shaking or troubled. Thank you, Jesus. If God be for you, who can be against you? I want to suggest these five critical components, and I'm going to begin with the mystery. First of all, he says, be not troubled about the day of doom. Now, now I want you to look at verse 2. You need not be soon shaken in mind or be troubled. First of all, the church is never to be shaken in mind or troubled in spirit, uh, amen, about doomsday, the conflict and confusion of the church and doomsday. Now, someone, and I won't mention his name, I did mention it this morning, speculated that May 21st, it would be doomsday. Now, them folk out in the world that's going to hell, I expect them to react. But some of y'all came to church a little upset. And if you had come to Bible study, and if you had come every Sunday and sat under the Word, and if you had studied the Word, you knew that was a lie from the pit. Do I have a witness? Can't no man predict doomsday. God holds the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Do I have a witness up in the house? And now, now he's talking about October, and October is next week, and he's going to be wrong again. Why? Because Satan knows. Here's why Satan keeps shaking us and troubling us. Because Satan knows that when we become disturbed because of being shook, we cannot rest. Sheep cannot rest. Amen. When there's predators and danger in the air. Can I get a witness? And not only can sheep not rest, but sheep cannot even properly reason. They, 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 they have a problem with fear. 
amen, and the Bible says, I will fear no evil, and they will, they not only disturb and discomforted, but they dissuade. That, that is, that every time God brings doom, he always gets his people out. In, in the book of Genesis, or the Nahoy Covenant, uh, uh, Noah, eight souls went into that ark, and then God brought judgment. Are you praying with me? In Genesis 19, when he was going to burn Sodom and Gomorrah, you're not hearing me. Lot was saved, but Lot was carnal. Can I get a witness? And angels had to go to Lot's house to get him out. And see, his wife wasn't saved. So she turned around and turned to a pull of salt. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't turn to no pull of salt. That that is, child of God, that God always gets his people out before he sends judgment. Satan knows he can't destroy your salvation. So here's the next best thing. Let me disturb your salvation. And that's why Paul says put on that helmet of salvation. I know I'm saved. Can't nobody make me doubt my salvation. Can I get a witness? I don't care what you do. And listen, and it's not predicated on what I do. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm messing y'all up now. I'm saved from the foundation of the world. Can I get a witness? And the reason you know you saved because... There are certain things when you're saved. Somebody need to hear this because some of us are going to hell. Hey, amen. You're not slipping in. You're not going to outslick God. You're not going to get to a deathbed and think you're going to say something. You might not get to a deathbed. You might even die today. The reason I know I'm saved because things I used to do. 